0: In life, sometimes we just need the truth. In a world of relativity, in a world that questions absolutes, this is the podcast of Naked Truth. Honesty, Alethea, bringing you the naked truth every time you tune in to listen, full of questions and answers. Looking at culture, hot topic issues, and how we do church in today's culture. Make sure to tune in every new episode to get your questions answered. We won't flub on the truth. We'll keep it real. Tuck in and get ready for this episode of the Thea Collective. Oh yeah! Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Alethea Collective. Today, I have a good friend of mine, uh, Reverend Dr. John Stanko. And uh, John and I worked together not too long ago uh, at uh, Allegheny Center Alliance Church, uh, at Inner City Church in Pittsburgh. But uh, John Stanko has got a lot more than just being my friend. John Stanko founded a personal and leadership development company called Purpose Quest in 2001 and today travels the world to speak, consult, and inspire leaders and people in business and church settings. From 2001 to 2008, he spent six months a year in Africa and still enjoys visiting and working on that continent while teaching for Ottawa University in Kansas and serving as a purpose and creative coach for many. John has written 55 books, can you believe it, 55 books, and founded Urban Press in 2014 to help others know the joy of a published creative project, and I know he's passionate about those things, and John, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Yeah,
1: I'm doing uh, very well, Pastor Marv. Thank you for uh, having me. It's always good to connect and uh, brings back old memories when we used to do blog radio together.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't believe that was a long time ago now. It was a long time ago, but I geared up uh,
1: to do it again last week and it's uh, going real well. And, you know, people have more time, they're at home, they're listening. So it's been really enjoyable to reconnect with that. I appreciate your efforts to go beyond the norm, to connect with people and and feed and encourage and nourish them at this time.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's vital. You know, I'm always a, a communicative kind of guy. I write and read a lot, but I think it's important that we're definitely out there and, and answering some questions that people might not even be asking. Right. Uh, you know, you, you've been posting about 10 to 15 memes a day, maybe even more than that. I've, I've counted. I lost count sometimes uh, <laughs> as of late. And, and what caused you to, to up the meme game, if you will? I mean, clearly you're seeing some deficiency somewhere that you want to keep hitting home a certain message. So what, what is that and why have you upped the game? Yeah, Mark, let me go back to
1: about a year and a half ago. I uh, It was a holiday weekend between Christmas and New Year's. It was a Friday and I posted something on Facebook and I just got an immediate response from people and I thought it was unusual. Um, so I put another post and I put another post and, uh, and over the weekend when it was all done, I probably put 150, 200 memes, 200 sayings on and... I, it was it was an explosion. I mean, people wrote me, their lives were changed, they were impacted, they were inspired. Uh, and I told people that I thought I had a revival online. And of course, people think, people think I'm crazy anyway. So yeah, yeah, right. Sure you did. It's social media. You can't have that. You know, it, it's not real. So I didn't want to make it a, a, a habit. So I waited and probably about six months later, I think it was Memorial Day, maybe 4th of July, I did the same thing and felt like a huge response and, and great feedback. So what it was teaching me was that social media has power to impact people more than we have given it credit to do. Um, and so, you know, I just kind of filed that away. And then a couple of weeks ago when I saw and realized what I think the, the, the purpose of God, at least part of it behind this, this whole crisis, I just started, I went back to what I had learned on those two weekends and I just started blasting away. Boom, boom. Uh, not I have was thinking or seeing or studying, I was putting it out there and the rest, as they say, is history. I mean, people have, uh, especially in Africa and, and, and other places, have been just latching onto it, sharing it. Uh, because I, I think if we're not careful, uh, we take the message out of this that we just got to hold on until things calm down, and then we can go back to what we were doing. And I think that's a big mistake. Yeah. I think God is creating a new normal and uh and i want to and we've got to hammer that home because people and you know this from preaching people will say that was a great word and they go home and they didn't understand what you said or they have no intention of applying what you said yeah. so i want to keep coming at it day after day various ways writing speaking broadcasting uh whatever it is uh to to get the message across that this is an this this God is doing something. And it's just so fascinating to me, Pastor Marv, that he's taken everything away except social media. Hmm. Everything. And yeah. he said, Okay, you had an option before and you didn't do a real good job with it, my people. So now that's exclusively what you're going to have. Now go learn and go understand that this is from me and uh, and I want you to use it more effectively than you have. So, you know, that's, uh, I'm just, you know, I've been doing this since on Facebook since, you know, 08 or 09. I've been in online writing and publishing to people since 2001. So I feel like I have some experience. I've seen the results that can take place. I, mm-hmm. I felt like I'm a voice in the wilderness saying, come on people, let's go. And now I think people are listening and I want to be a part of it. So that's kind of a, a long answer to why I've upped my game, so to speak.
0: Yeah, no, no, I understand. I mean, you know, and it's funny not to say that you're old, Uh But most people in your generation, especially ministers in your generation, have ignored social media until now. Yep. Uh, You know, they've not used it. They were afraid of it. They thought that it had no purpose or point. But, uh, you know, they're all, you're laughing at at your prophetic voice in 2008 saying, hey, Mm -hmm. you guys got to get on it.
1: Yeah. Well, you're very kind to say that my generation ignored it. We hated it. (laughs) <laughs> we hated it. We resented it. We, we loathed it. We mocked anybody get your nose out of your phone and into relationships yeah. because our, our paradigm of, of what ministry in church was is what I summarized it as we were addicted to the face to face, unless it happened nose to nose, it was not legitimate. And so, uh, yeah. So, and you're right. It was a lot, some of it was based in terror because this was new and, and we had to learn something new and doggone it. I'm not going to learn this. I, I, I won't learn this because it's, 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 and we, you know, someone as far as it's of the devil and, you know, and, and, <laughs> and so, um, and, and it's funny, Mark, because I was at a, a meeting in Omaha right before I left staff and, uh, 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 ACAC and we were talking about discipleship and I kept saying we could use social media and we could use blog radio and everybody looked at me like I was loony. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and there was a brother from Vermont, I don't know his name. He was there representing one of the churches. At, the, at three days at the end of it, he looked, and there was a 30-year-old from Princeton uh, church. We need to get people back into church. We need to get people out of social media and teach them how to talk to one another. So at the end of the three days, the brother from Vermont said, you know, he said he pointed to the 30-year-old. He said, you talk like I would have thought he would talk, pointing to me. Hmm. And he pointed to me and he said, and you talk like I would have thought the 30-year-old would talk. And I was honored. (laughs) I was because, uh, (laughs) but they still ignored me. They absolutely (laughs) like, like patted me on the head and said, oh, aren't you cute? I mean, an old fogey who's trying to be hip. That's so neat. And, and thank you for coming. And if we need you, we'll call you, but don't stay off the phone on our account because we have no intent of calling you. (laughs) We got this figured out. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, I felt like it was the Lord just saying, okay, that's, that's not the audience go find your audience go. And, 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 and all of this over the years, uh, Marv has, every time I post, every time I do a broadcast, I feel I'm getting better for the next time I can do it. Mm -hmm. So I don't care if anybody listens. You know, I posted something yesterday where, you know, people have been asked, uh, are numbers important? Are numbers aren't important in the church? No, it's it's obedience. It's doing what God wants. And then, okay, so why don't you write? Well, nobody will buy it. Mm. nobody will will listen to it wait a minute wait a minute you just told me that numbers aren't important excusing yourself from being productive because numbers are important to you yeah and and, and it's a it's a, it's it's a paradox it's a dichotomy it's, it's 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 we're talking out of both sides of our mouth hmm. and so you know i've seen stuff i post and you've we're putting it out there. We're, we're casting our bread on the waters. And after mm-hmm. many days, it will return to us. So, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I'm a voice. I'm listening to many of the leaders and their, their basic message is, hold on, you know, when th- things get back to normal, the money will be there and the people will be there. And I'm saying you're missing the lesson of this whole pandemic. It's there's a new normal. And uh, we have to get on board with it because it's the will and the purpose of God.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you you talk about purpose, and I know you started Purpose Quest, which is one of your you know your babies of talking about purpose. You've been doing that for forty years talking about purpose. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, it's it's, <laughs> and I've been walking it for forties Yeah. I, I understanding what my purpose was ten years later, ninety one. I started teaching it and writing about it. And now I turned 70 in a couple of weeks and uh, never thought it would be my life's message or my life's work. But, but to me again, uh, Marv, it's the right message. It is, everybody has a purpose. God has given us tools to be able to express it. We don't need an organization. God can use an organization, but, um, Uh, And so in my, you know, uh, my my teaching, I've written on changing the way we do church. I I felt like, you know, Rick Warren's book that sold 40 million copies, people were telling us what they wanted help with, and the church has ignored it. I don't want to help you find your purpose. I need you to fulfill mine. I need more ushers. Yeah. I need more nursery workers. <laughs> I need more, I I need more more choir members. Yeah. Why do I want to help you do something that's not going to help me in what I believe I'm supposed to do in the church? So the focus has been all wrong. And I think God again has wanted to reverse the focus that we are to equip the saints for the work of ministry, their ministry, and no not co-opt them. For the work that we believe culturally has to be done. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have ushers who believe that's there's some total service to the body of Christ, and uh, and there's no new people coming to the church. It's yeah. not like they have to direct traffic. But our mindset was, well, this is the way we do church. And I think, at least in part, this season has come to help us evaluate all of our traditions all of our expressions of what we consider to be ministry. And I think God's give, grabbed us by the scruff of the neck, and he's given us a good shaking.
0: Yeah. So that you would say that the, the pandemic has highlighted or spurred people <laughs> towards their purpose because the way we have done church has completely changed, and people have got to focus on how they can live into who they are yeah. rather than who they're told to be. Hmm. That's definitely interesting. Yeah. And I can't disagree with you. Mhm. Well, I think God has
1: has has struck us at at our point of of fear and that was if we were let the people go, the money won't be there. And mm. now we're finding out to some extent that's true, yeah. but the money is somewhere else and and we're afraid to go find where that is. I mean, I'm raising money online i I would just as soon tell everybody yeah you're right you can't do ministry on social media so don't even try Don't, don't don't even go there because you're right you can't raise money you can't minister to people so so just keep doing what you're doing and then i can keep it all for myself uh but but it it's 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 that's been the big fear and so, uh, so, the very thing that we were afraid of has come upon us as as Job said, but it 's God in His mercy because he 's trying to give us a new paradigm for ministry, and God can always fund ministry
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but he's not going to fund our projects that become our traditions, yeah, and that's that 's what we 're having to face in this season, and I, we need leadership who's not going to tell us how to hold on. We need leadership who is forward-thinking, are going to help us think through a new model and a new paradigm uh, for ministry. And I think that's quite exciting, but it is unnerving. It's challenging. Churches are very hesitant to make changes where staffing and other things are concerned because we love the people, we want to take care of them. But God is looking for productivity a fruitfulness, and he's pruning some things that are uh, can be more fruitful, but I will say he's cutting some branches away that have not been fruitful, and that's going to bring some pain, and that's why I say the answer isn't to try and go back. Uh, the answer is to go forward and to face the reality that, that there's, there's a new normal that God is creating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, early on, you're right. There was that sense churches were saying, okay, we can just go back to what we were doing. It's only two weeks that we are, you know, blockaded from this. It's not going to be that big of a deal. Uh, but then all of a sudden it's like a month and maybe two months, maybe three months. And you know, you and I know the statistics as much as many pastors do. If people are not in the seats, 50% 50% of them to 80% of them are not giving. They just won't give if they're not there right. in person. And, and I think most churches, ours included, has experienced that. And we have to ask ourselves the questions, you know, what, what is vital? Mm-hmm. What can be cut? What needs to continue? Right. What needs to, to cease? So w- with that in mind, what, what do you think is the most important lesson that yeah. we can take away from all of this? The most important one in your mind?
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's what I've been saying for a couple of years. Um, every church needs to have an online pastor.
0: Hmm.
1: Now, what we've done in many situations is given somebody online responsibilities on top of what else they do. Hmm. So it's been an afterthought. So we post, uh, you know, our Sunday service on Tuesday. You know, I mean, it's, it's when we get around to it because doggone it, we're busy, got stuff to do. And so I'm, I'm saying this online pastor is, is in uh, President Obama's terms, this needs to be an online czar. This, <laughs> this, this pastor has the right to come to the senior pastor and say, oh, this is really good. We're going to publish this. And the senior pastor, oh, no, no, that's my message. No, I don't have time. No, no, we're going to I need you to be online this, uh, this afternoon. Uh, you know what we're going to do, Pastor? Oh, you're not going to finish your message Sunday morning. You're going to come back Sunday night, and you're going to finish it on a Facebook Live. Oh, no, no, I don't do that. No, that's the kind of power that the online pastor has to have. They hmm. would be charged, male or female, young or old, with taking who we are as a people and making it available to the ends of the earth. Hmm. And the goal is not money. It's not attendance. It's influence. you hmm. hmm. Mark, Luke, and John did not write because they had a contract. They did not write because they were building a church. They wrote because... As they were telling the story of Jesus, as they understood it. And I'm not equating what we do with the inspired Word of God, but I do think there needs to be a leader and a team who are thinking through this, and they have no weekend duties unless they want to have week- weekend duties that will uh, capture what's happening so they can put it online. Hmm. I mean, what's the head? We live stream our churches. Do we, our services, do we have anybody there seeing who comes to, uh, can we pray for you? Uh, yeah. Where are you? Where do you live? We don't care. We put it on. Okay. We're done. <laughs> we did our, we paid our online dues. Now yeah. leave us alone. And I'm saying, no, no, we have to have a chat room. We have to have, uh, uh, in live services, uh, we end our, our, service, our, our, our sermon 10 minutes early, and the online pastor or somebody takes Twitter questions, hmm. takes Facebook questions, we ask the, the pastor to make sure that the message is connecting with the people, and if it's too big a question, we hold that and connect with the people immediately after the service so we continue talking with them. We need an online pastor, somebody who, who will take us where we have not wanted to go at this point in time. And, you know, for me, Pastor, when I, when I get an email from Nigeria, it thrills me. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it, it's, it, it's, it, it tells me and shows me how God can take what he does in my life and make it a part of somebody else's life. And I really want the church, the body of Christ. I think it's the essence of who we are to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. My last podcast that I published was with a friend of mine from liquid church in New Jersey. And uh, he is one of the preaching pastors and is also the online pastor. And we, we talked about this before all of this happened. You know, I, I was trying to build a library for the podcast Mm -hmm. so that I wouldn't just launch and then not have something for a long time. Anyways, so we had talked about it, and, and you know mm-hmm. I said, people are going to think that your job as an online pastor is crazy. There are some churches who are going to look at mm-hmm. what you're doing, and they're going to say, "Why in the world would he do that? What is an online pastor? How can an on- online pastor be called a pastor? How are they pastoring?" Uh, and he was able to answer a lot of those questions. And you know, I, mm-hmm. we posted it up last week, and people said, "This is great. This is great information that we needed to hear that now makes a lot more sense. And, you know, it was definitely an interesting conversation to have. And and now it actually actually makes sense to people.
1: Well, and I think it 's all we 've only scratched the surface i mean when the, when people 's creativity really digs down deep into this and and combines with this philosophy and it 's not we 're doing it not because we have to but because we choose to that 's when there 's going to be an explosion that 's yeah. when then there there are things that are, that are really exciting that 're going to happen but there 's definitely going to be a shaking out and um, uh, and and we 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 had the option to do this before but i fully understand it is hard to do when you don't have to because you got to go to somebody that you love
0: mm-hmm. and
1: say you're the children's pastor but you need to have an online presence and if you can't then we have to find somebody who can oh that just that just wow. rips your heart out
0: yeah
1: that's what has to be done and and what my generation has to say is okay you know i'll do it yeah but if we continue to circle the wagons to preserve a paradigm that is that that god is 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 not in then we find ourselves resisting god i mean and i think the church is, is going to go through a reformation that is as cataclysmic as some of the major events in the church's history wow because, that's a uh, As the title of the book said, I'm not here to promote the book, but it's we need to change the way we do church. It really speaks to we need to change the way we think about church. Uh, I think that's what God's after in this season.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that uh, fully, you know, because I think that that really is going to be the effect that happens during this time is that we are all rethinking you know what is church how do we do church and even to the point of what is outreach what does outreach actually look like in today's society right. and you know outreach has changed it, it has mm-hmm. changed uh mm-hmm. significantly and how are we meeting yeah. people's needs how do we find out what those needs are those are questions that we now really have to ask what are the ways that we can really interact with people that have needs how can they get a hold of us you know and these are There's just so many, so many different aspects. So, you know, when you look at a specific person, we'll talk about the purpose of the church next, but when you look at a specific person, how can you encourage them to find their purpose in this pandemic? So, you know, the the title is Pandemic and Purpose. How can a person during this pandemic look to find their purpose?
1: yeah well purpose requires a different way of thinking than than career and the challenge is that many people are now facing financial hardship so you know I got to find a job I don't want to talk about painting I don't want to talk about writing poetry because you know I got bills to pay and and so that that but that's the very thinking that if you're going to find your purpose you have to learn how to disengage you have to learn how to turn it off and um and and basically, uh, I, I would tell somebody that what you're afraid of, then it'll help you find your purpose. And most of it is financial, but a lot of it's all look stupid. How how will I make a living? And you you just can't go there right now. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know, it, it, there are a lot of resources that I have developed. There's there's the on person purpose. Kevin McCarthy from down in Florida, but he's a he's a Pittsburgher. He's put some really good stuff out. I don't think Rick Warren's stuff is particularly useful to help somebody find their purpose but once you you ask the question what am i afraid of then you ask the question god what is my purpose most people don't know what their purpose is and they're afraid to ask and you know i mean what god's gonna send me to africa you know god's gonna god's gonna make me live in a shack god's gonna you know make me marry an ugly spouse you know so we don't ask questions because we're you know because we don't really want to know Because then when I know I'm responsible for doing it, and that's why I'd rather go to church, I'll pay you a premium. I'll pay you a a 10% insurance policy so you do it, and I don't have to. Mm. And I think God is removing that. And ask what you're afraid of, and ask what your purpose is. And and don't get into the how. How am I going to do this? You just... embrace this is who god made me to be it's up to god then to show you the expression of it and it's also up to god to support you in it now when i say that i'm not telling people to quit their jobs mm-hmm. paul made tents but in 13 letters paul never told us what he did to make a living paul always told us what his purpose was to go to the gentiles mm-hmm. and his work undergirded his purpose
0: yeah, no, that's probably and, so the, point. and
1: that's why I say it requires a different way. So you can sell, sell insurance. You can be an auto mechanic, but that may not be your purpose. And when you find your purpose, as soon as 501 comes, as soon as your weekend comes, you engage your purpose. And mm-hmm. it's not a matter of you getting paid to do it. You do it because you love to do it. And of course, we've done a good job as leaders to teach the people to be afraid of what their joy, to be afraid of what they love, hmm. and uh, because it may be a trick, it may be the <laughs> devil, it it may be you, and you know how sinful you are, and and uh, so people, you know, they're afraid, you know, and and so I. I, I I try to alleviate the fear, and the fear again is financial. The fear is if I if I find it, can I do it? Mm-hmm. And uh, and God is with us; He wants to do. So I just inc- I try to encourage the people in the process. But if you see me online, I've been talking about our thinking, our habits, and this takes a while to make a transition to be career oriented, to be purpose oriented. And that's why I'm trying to come and do what I'm doing to provide that consistent way of thinking and approaching purpose that can help people in this season. As spiritual, spiritual orthodontic, Yeah, where God is, you know, and you put braces on your teeth. You don't wear them for a week. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they they, because you take them off and your teeth go right back to where they were. You've got to leave them on there to create this new normal. And then you have to have a retainer to to make sure they stay there. Yeah. So where purpose is concerned, God is trying to put some, I'll take care of you. Go home. Trust me. Mm -hmm. Seek me. I'll show you what you want and then I'll sh- what you need to do and I'll show you how I- how I'll take care of you while you do it. Mm, that's, that's a good. big step. Yeah. And, and we have not equipped people to do that. We've equipped people to be culturally successful, but we haven't always equipped them to be successful in the kingdom of God.
0: Yeah. No, that's a good point to to really live into who they are uh rather than trying to shoe them into a box that we want them in. So uh, I guess my, yes. my final question on this will be uh, p- towards the church. You know, how how can or how should the purpose of the church change due to this pandemic?
1: Well, I don't think the purpose should change. I think how we express the purpose should change. I think, mm. we, again, we, we've talked about... Uh, um, uh influence i think different measurements i mean we we measure what we value and what do we what have been the easiest measurements people who come and money we get Hmm. other things i mean and what are we going to measure what's really important to us and i've been saying that likes on facebook maybe is important so it's it's what are we going to measure what are we, uh, you know, is it, is it numbers of people who came or numbers of people we went to visit?
0: Yeah.
1: A prayer room, or is it numbers of people who came to our prayer chat room? Mm-hmm. Because we haven't cared how many came to the prayer chat room, because most of us haven't had a prayer chat room. You want prayer? You come to the ch-
0: church. hmm yeah. That, uh, what's interesting is my dad, my my dad at Allegheny Center Alliance Church has started a Zoom prayer chat room. And, you know, he's, he's the kind of the head of prayer there. And, and just, you said that it's interesting. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that um, he's, he's thinking through and, and moving on. He has the, the time and the know-how to do it. And uh, yeah, I mean, so you're saying that going forward should continue, not something that would discontinue, but something that should continue going forward. Yeah, not only continue, but how many came? You know, how how, how effective
1: was it? I, I'll go so far as to say how many answers have we had? Per? Wow. Do that, John. You just got to. And that's true. You You can't quantify some of that, but that doesn't mean we don't try to do that. Yeah, that we don't is to to see how we can be more effective. And, and then the answer isn't down the five years down the road, I've had this church this prayer ministry, and it's going to keep going, praise God, no matter whether anybody calls or not. And I I think (laughs) we, we have to be constantly evaluating correction showing for to to respond to what the Holy Spirit is blessing and doing, and uh, that takes a whole different kind of leadership than what we uh, mentality than what we 've seen up to this point in time so it it's this is very much not a uh, in my mind for the church it's not a crisis of finance it 's a crisis of leadership
0: hmm.
1: and 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 we're going to find out I think how much of leadership has really been management and now uh, and and I'm concerned that big churches who have the resources are going to launch these fantastic online services and ministries and be creative. And some of the smaller churches are going to be left behind because they're still going to want to, when we get back to normal, uh, we want to see the people come back. And and, and that day, to some extent, is, is going to be much different than what we've experienced now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that... Uh... Then that'll be interesting. You know, I was thinking all along, too, these smaller churches, if the, if the statistics continue through for giving, they might have to shut their doors in the end of the day because they just can't maintain what they need to maintain. I mean, you know, the stimulus package does include churches, the CARES Act, which I think might help some of those smaller churches. But you're right. I mean, we've already talked about how many times churches have become irrelevant because they have not really spoken or moved into the culture. Yeah, it, it'll, be, it'll be a difficult thing to see, and, and, and uh, look how it pans out.
1: Yeah, and, you know, churches that have wanted separation of church and state are now going to apply for state funds, so that uh, they, I mean, it's just is, that's a, it's a fun, but even there, it's forestalling the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Because okay, you get ten thousand and twenty thousand, which sounds like you know tremendous. What are you going to do with it? Yeah, you know, are you gonna are you going to put a new roof on the building that people are not coming to anymore, or are uh-huh. you going to invest it in 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 the new infrastructure that that you hate? Yeah. That, that, that you see as an enemy, because it's going to take people away from the very goal that you have of trying to bring people in, because we don't really see how sowing that seed can be a source of God helping us to gain a, a spiritual harvest. Yeah. So it's uh, that's why I say we need leadership, and that's why, and I'm not saying I'm the leader, but I am a leader, and that's why I'm out there every day trying to spark, uh, and you are too, trying to spark discussion and dialogue, because transformation, according to Romans 12 too, becomes by change, by uh, renewing of the mind, and business of the mind is thinking, therefore people have to think new thoughts, where the church is concerned, where purpose is concerned, where creativity is concerned, and very often those new thoughts come from new questions that we've been afraid to ask in the good times, that we have to ask now.
0: Wow. Wow, yeah, I uh I have to fully agree with a lot of those points that you made and you know, I uh I've been a little bit frustrated with this cuz it's been going in and out but uh you know, I'll I'll make sure to edit some of these things down. But yeah, well,
1: I, you know, it, it's been going in and out, but the words eventually come through. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, again, the, it, it. Proverbs says to a famished man, any bitter thing is sweet. And I'd rather put something out that got typos or is less than perfect if it has the capability to help someone. And I think that's that's going to be an important message for some of these, the, the churches who are learning. Don't, don't try and make it like TDJ. Don't try and make it like Joyce Meyer. Let it be true to who you are, learn and grow and
0: God will use it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I, uh, I appreciate your voice and uh, you know, seeing all the stuff that you've been doing over the years. I think we've known each other. Well, thank you. Yeah. We've, we've known each other now since 2008. So about 12 years that we've connected and have kind yep. of, worked together for a time and and have continued to discuss and and chat about just purpose and the church and publishing and I, I really appreciate that piece. Now, my question for you, that kind of a parting question about your publishing business, do you do you anticipate seeing a boom of people writing after the pandemic's over or, or turning in their writing to get it published?
1: Oh, the question. Yeah, not even when it's over. They're doing it now. But it's so fascinating, the fear. I talk to people, uh, they're, they're paralyzed. Some of them have had projects for three, four, five years. Yes, this is, this is helping them get over the hump. Um, and uh, so it's already happened. And uh, mm-hmm. again, the thinking, well, if I write, there's so many books out there, who's, who's really going to buy it? Nobody will buy it. So let's write it. And who says they have to buy it? You can give it away. It could be a ministry. Um, so do it and stop talking about it. And, uh, and I think um, that's an important message of the season. That's why God sent some people home. And uh, you got time now. This was what you were saying. You didn't have time. Now you got it. So let's yeah. go do it. And so yeah. I, I've already seen the spike, and I think more, is yet to come.
0: Hmm. Well, thank you for your time. I really appreciate oh, thank it. Thank you. It's uh, always a pleasure to to get connected and chat. So that was John Stanko. Uh, he's the the head of Purpose Quest, the founder of Purpose Quest, and just a great leader who has continued to push people to know their purpose. Thanks again for coming, John. I really appreciate uh, having John on the show. When I was getting ready to write my first book, Pinocchio Versus The Real Boy, I was sitting on it for a really long time. I had started writing it when I was younger in ministry and just thought, ah, this isn't going to be good. And John read it and encouraged me, and and I put it out, and it wasn't good. (laughs) It did not sell. Uh, but it actually started me on the writing journey. It took the fear and trepidation away, and you know, then I wrote "What Good Is Jesus?" and followed that with uh, "Unleash," empowering the next generation of leaders. And at each step, the the process got uh, more involved, but also more press, I guess, if you will. And to where, you know, my last book was written with Abingdon Press, a well-known uh, evangelical publishing company. And so, you know, God is good. I, I really believe that God is, is up to great things and has used John in many ways in my life. Well, you know, pandemic and purpose. We are in the midst of a pandemic. And how can we, as people, allow the pandemic to... Give us insight into our purpose. How can we sit and ask the Lord, what am I to do after this? Well, part of it is to sit and ask the Lord to spend some time, this extra time that you have, asking the Lord, what is my purpose? What is my purpose now? And what am I supposed to be doing after this pandemic? So we have an opportunity to sit and ask ourselves some tough questions, and I appreciate you journeying along in this podcast with me on pandemic and purpose with John Stanko. We're going to continue putting out some pandemic ands because I think it's a a perfect time. And I have a lot of friends that want to talk about some of the things that they're looking at and seeing at during this pandemic. So thanks for joining us and looking forward to having you next time on the Alethea Collective.